What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is the newest episode of The Quick Cage. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. And Frank, you promised us last week that we were going to do 1995's Leaving Las Vegas. I guess I'll live up to that promise. Then. Okay. Right. Right. Um. So universally lauded movie uh, that won Cage an Oscar for uh, Best Actor was nominated for other Oscars. Won like a bunch of awards that year. Um, I think Ebert called it best of the year '95, and mm. like it was on a bunch of like decade top ten lists. Um, when I saw this movie in 1995, saw it like on its release, and I I loved it. Thought it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, have not watched it since. Okay. So so when I saw it in 1995, I thought this was boring, dull. I did not think Nicolas Cage was any good in it. I thought Elizabeth Shue was wasted, but I was also 15 years old, and I really just kind of wanted to see Elizabeth Shue nude. Right. Um, so I thought she was really wasted in this whole process at the time. And I did not like this movie. So and I have not watched it since, and I probably will not watch it ever again. So I'm really, I'm really excited to hear... What you think about this movie in 2020 now, 25 years later, Frank. You're only excited because I'm going to tell you that I think you were right in 1995 and I was I was wrong. Oh, are you? I think everybody was wrong. <laughs> is, about... that what's, is that what's going to happen here? So, I'm sure that most people have seen Leaving Las Vegas. Like It was pretty pretty famous, pretty popular movie at the time. When I saw it when I was I don't know, 18 years old, I guess I had no real idea of like what an alcoholic looked like or what a drunk looked like and i just kind of took it at face value that like oh like here's this you know i mean i'm this pretentious whatever high school student i'm pretty sure i was still in high school when this came out because i think it came out in the winter of 95 um i know it was definitely like snowy when i went to see it um this doomed like black romance you know, with this guy who's incredibly talented, but like can't get his life together and this beautiful, but like hardened and broken woman. And that was all real appealing to me. And man, is that shit just lame like today? And Nicolas Cage is like, it's the worst perform. I, like, I don't know if he drank any actual alcohol in the filming of this movie. I think he's just like acting like a weirdo. I don't know. Maybe he was drunk sometimes, but like, it's just bad, man. And he's like, he's not even like drunk. He's just annoying. Like, he's just like making weird noises and weird faces and hooting and like creepily coming on to people. And I don't know. I thought, so the overall premise of this guy, who's like this really talented screenwriter who can't get his life together and gets fired from his job, but gets fired with like this gigantic severance check is a really stupid story. And I guess this is kind of like semi-autobiographical by the guy that wrote 
the novel that this movie is based on. So maybe there's some elements of that stuff that's true, but Nicolas Cage doesn't capture him. And it's funny that like he won best actor. Cause I guess that nobody's ever been drunk and like knows what it looks <laughs> like to like think like, yeah, like that's a good performance. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean like, so I read cause I, again, like I love this movie when it came out and it was one of my favorite movies that year too. And I, so I read criticism of it after I watched it again. So I was like, man, I just don't like this movie. Mm-hmm. And all the critics are like talking about like this, like depth of humanity that cage and shoe bring to their cookie cutter characters and raise them above like cliches, but they don't, they're just uh, Elizabeth shoes performance in this movie is fine. Like she's good in it. I don't know, like Oscar worthy and she didn't win an Oscar, but she was nominated, but like good, you know, like, and she's still just like, you know, nineties Elizabeth shoe, which I think holds like a lot of appeal to, to most guys our age. But man, like well, his... we're being. I'm just gonna be honest, real quick. 80s Elizabeth Shue, 90s Elizabeth Shue, and 2019s Elizabeth Shue is all the same person. There's no difference there. Yeah, she's the same in the boys as she was in that movie. That it's she true. was in Adventures in Babysitting. She right. can just be a little bit more cute and coy when she was younger. Otherwise, same performance, same acting style, which is fine. And I, I love it. I like Shue. Don't get me wrong. Right? Yeah, she plays. I'm not even saying that to be like mean or anything about Elizabeth Shue. It's just that she's always the same. That's actually probably the most interesting part of the movie is the idea of her. Number one, being like kicked out of like her pimp stable because he's afraid of her getting like killed. And then the whole like gang rape thing is like the most uncomfortable part of the whole movie. Like when she goes back to the hotel room with the the kids, like all that stuff is like horrifying and right. very difficult to watch. But then you got like goofball Nicolas Cage, like oh I'm drunk, hook hook, uh, and like like cussing and oh my god, there's a scene early on when he goes to a bank. I don't know if you remember this because it's been a long time for you. you haven't seen this movie, but yeah. he goes to this bank and he's in line and he's like hollering at this woman about how he wants to like I don't want to say this. He wants to lick her her vagina, but he uses like mm-hmm. a rough colloquialism for yeah. vagina and. He's just sitting there going like, "Ha, wanna lick your It's like, buddy, like you're just a. Sp- you know what it's like? It's um, it's no more effective of a performance than like Bobcat Goldthwait in like the late '80s. I mean, he's basically playing the same dude. He's about as pale, from my memory, as <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait is now in that movie. Yeah, that's how the that's how you signify that he's um. Well, they definitely make him look sickly. That he's a sick drunk is that he's pale. I mean, but he doesn't, he doesn't ever really lose, like, any kind of cognizance or he just becomes an asshole. But it's not like a real, like, sickly pallor. It's, 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 um. No, he's just not tan. No, it it looks like the the makeup that they would do in uh, Interview with the Vampire. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good. I I think that's probably would be a little classier, probably like. I don't know, Plan 9 for Matter Space is more more <laughs> apropos. Um, just, I don't know. Like, I, it, it's funny to look at these movies that are so, like, critically lauded and have some, like, distance of, like, perspective when you look back on them. I mean, when you mm-hmm. think of something about, like, we, we malign this movie constantly, but Crash. Right. From whenever that was, like, what is 2004, that? 2003, 2005. 04, 05, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just people like falling in love with that movie uh, because you know it's about like 
race and prejudice and it's got the same emotional impact as the end of fucking dante's peak or something you know right what was it i always said about that movie it was like it's like if you what was it it was it was that like the people that watched it like and already knew those lessons didn't need to watch it and if you didn't know those lessons that the movie was trying to teach you this movie wasn't going to teach you right. those lessons. So the same thing is true for leaving Las Vegas because if you drink, you're already just like, like none of this shit's real. Right. And if you're not a drinker and like you're taking that as being like the horrors of alcoholism, you're not going to drink anyway. It's reefer madness for alcohol. Right. It, 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 it's true. Yeah. And honestly, like you get to have sex with Elizabeth Shue, so maybe it's worth it kind of in the end, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. So... I, I, one of the reasons this rang false to me when I was 15 is, and I've talked about it plenty of times, especially in the Shining episode, but multiple times since, is my father was um, was like a full-blown alcoholic. So I had a, f- a front row seat to see what alcoholism does to you. It doesn't, like, it makes you an asshole. It can. Well, it can, not, it, it can it, make it you an asshole. It depends on your personality. It does. Really. It absolutely does. It, 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 it emboldened and worsened my father's personality, who had that in him already, and it made it worse. Right. Um, so he was much more along the lines of Jack Torrance um, without the murder aspect, but <clears throat> in terms of personality, and it really made that worse. But I saw, I've seen a man sick from drinking too much. It doesn't look like that. No. At all. And we've been fairly honest about, like, both of us and how much we drink, like, on here and have in the past and, you know, different periods of our life. And, again, um, doesn't look like that. Right. I I don't know. It just... I I also want to say that, like, I thought I had seen more Mike Figus. Figus? I don't know how you say his name. Figus? (laughs) Figus. What is I think it? it's Figus. Figus. I think it's Figus. I thought I had seen more of his movies. Figus I sounds haven't. better. I've seen two of his movies. I think this and the his um, adaptation of the Browning version. And honestly, like, not really that impressed. What else has he done? I don't know. He's got no. this huge filmography, and I'm reading. And I'm like, oh, really? These fucking movies. Hmm. Like so. So is there is there any is, are there any performances besides shoes that are in this movie? I mean, because I'm trying to have a hard time remember. Most of it revolves around just the two of them, correct? Like, there's not uh, much I more mean, going on there. There's other stuff that that happens in it. So, like, is there any other performances that are even okay? I mean, Julian Sands is always Julian Sands. Like, it's always cool to see Julian Sands in a movie, in my opinion. Who's he, he, he? He plays our pimp. That ma- at right. the beginning of the movie. Um, you are correct though. Julian Sands is always Julian Sands. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple other, like, Laurie Metcalf is in it for, I don't know, a short period of time mm-hmm. as Shoes Landlady, who evicts her after she gets beaten up after she gets gang-raped. Mm-hmm. Um passionate. <laughs> Steven Weber's in it a little bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, like, it's mostly just about them and their relationship yeah. and them falling in love, despite their claims to not, like, want to care about the other one's profession. You know what this is now that I think about it, like, and this is skill based off 20, 24 years ago memory, probably. But now that I have hindsight and have read more and watched more, this is Charles Bukowski, like, filtered through someone who just read one of his books and has never sure. actually experienced life or drinking. 
Right, it's Charles Bukowski is read by Jerry Falwell, basically. Like it's <laughs> there you go. I don't know. It's 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 ridiculous. So I wanted to like enjoy this movie again and was sort of excited to watch it again because it's been so long and man, like I don't know, I can't recommend it. Like if you've never seen it, don't watch it. If you want to laugh at Nicolas Cage, like we'll talk about Con Air next week. We can talk about how funny Nicolas Cage is in Con Air. Um but so this is this is a hard no from you. Oh yes, like just do not watch it. Yeah, there's Which, not even a single person you can think of and say, yeah, watch this. If anyone's like trying to do the same thing I'm doing, I guess you gotta. Um, if you're trying to be a completist of like the films of 1995, maybe you know you'd have to watch this. Okay, so we're two months into your experiment here, right? This is the eighth Nicolas Cage movie you've talked about, right? Where does this rank? In performances, uh, this Oscar-winning of performance on the Cage scale? No, out of those movies. Oh, it's pretty far down the list. I mean, to me, this is no better a performance than The Wicker Man. Mm. We haven't talked about The Wicker. When we talked we about haven't. it separately, but right, we talked about it on the worst remakes, horror remakes list yeah. last year. But because I just don't find it effective. Like, I don't think. I think if alcohol exacerbates your normal like proclivities and personality, all that it's saying about this character is that he's fucking sucks and probably better that he's dead. Hmm. So maybe he succeeds there if like that's what you're supposed to take out of it. But you're kind of supposed to be like mournful and, you know, sad, but also kind of hopeful that his relationship, because that's the end of the movie is her telling her therapist basically like, you know, I loved him and like knowing him like made made me better or whatever. And it's like, no, man, he's awful. And he's dead. Like good. And I'm not trying to be You probably got the DTs from having sex with him. <laughs> I I'm not trying to even be controversial in saying this, but from her life experience in that movie, yeah. Maybe it is the best thing that ever happened to well, her. Well, maybe. If it stops her from being a prostitute, although you don't get the impression that that's the case. And he's dead anyway, so it's not like she can go have a life with him. Right. I mean, I think it was reactionary because it was... It was one of those things where... I mean, and that's... 95 has a lot of great movies in it. It's one of those things where, like, here's this controversial topic that we can pretend to care about to look like Hollywood is just more than you know, Bad Boys 2 or whatever. And we'll give an award to it, nominate it for a bunch of awards just to show that we're, you know, better than just entertainment or something. I don't know. But it's just, it, it you rings... S- you see it as like some kind of virtue signaling yeah, yeah, type thing. it just thing. rings false. It's just yeah. terrible. I don't know. Right. Anyway. Okay. Con Air next week. So Con excited <laughs> to talk about Con Air. Yeah. Um, I'm very glad to hear that my my 15 year old mind uh could see through the bullshit of that movie um i am not glad that the reason i oh and it looks like shit I, I could see through that movie is because my father was a drunk asshole but <laughs> i'm still pretty pleased with myself right now yeah it, it also looks like garbage like it's not a very well filmed movie in my opinion yeah. like it's very grainy and I remember it being not grainy. like good grainy. It's like um, not seventies grainy. No, it's like I don't know if it was filmed on film. I'd be curious, like how production wise, like how they filmed it. It kind of feels like early digital video. 
mm. production, kind of like um, I can't imagine that in '95 though. Yeah, it, it feels like that's way I too early. That so maybe it's just the cinematography is to make it look like washed out, and I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Anyway. Okay, so thanks for listening. If yeah. you want to hear about some more 1995 movies, um, go ahead and listen to episode 67 of the traditional Two Guys, Five Movies podcast where we're going to be covering the top five uh, foreign films of 1995. Other than that, thanks for listening to The Quick Cage. Have a good night.